talking video editing and transcription with Digital Anarchy. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free Flipboard magazine that brings you the best Apple tech tips on the web. High in signal, low in noise, just like Mac Voices, Mac Voices Magazine will help you do more with any and all of your Apple devices. Access Mac Voices Magazine content in the free Flipboard app, on the web, and now in your favorite RSS reader. Find out more at macvoices.com magazine. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it seems like it's only going to be a few short weeks, maybe months, until NAB in Las Vegas. And that doesn't mean, though, that we shouldn't be talking about video production here and now, because uh, Digital Anarchy has something new. And our buddy Jim Tierney, the chief anarchist at Digital Anarchy, is here to tell us about it. Jim, good to see you. Yep. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for having me on. Jim, we've talked about uh, transcription so much with Digital Anarchy, and now you all have released uh, yet another product um, <laughs> around centered around transcription for video, uh, tr- transcriptive rough cut, uh, yep. a rough cutter, excuse me, transcriptive rough cutter. So the obvious question is, what is it and how does it vary from some of the other products you have? So, I mean, it's really kind of transcriptive 3.0, but we kind of want to really emphasize the fact that, you know, it's really not just a transcription tool anymore. Um, there's really a lot of features in there that you know, kind of enable editing with text um, in terms of uh, both creating, you know, allowing you to edit a transcript and then build a sequence off of that, um, or where it you know, Premiere will, or where, where Transcriptive will automatically create a sequence that removes the portions of the video that correspond with the text that you removed. Um, but also that you can, in Premiere, when you're using Transcriptive, you can set in and out points in the text and drop those into your sequence just as if you were, you know, doing the same, you know, scrubbing through your source monitor, setting in and out points, and then inserting that into your, you know, main edit. Um, so there's just a lot, of, a lot of tools that we have now for really allowing video to create another tool for editing, as opposed to you know just getting transcripts. And, and it took me a little while. You've been very patient with me, trying to help me understand the advantages or the opportunities for editing via transcript. Uh, because I think a lot of us, especially the way I produce this show, you know, it'd be great to hit a button and say, okay, you can watch the video or you can read what Jim and I are saying. And this takes it back to the the production level. Um, and so that not only does it make it a little bit easier on the editor, but it also makes it easy on the, easier on the customer who is trying to decide what he wants or doesn't want. Because you can give him you know, a whole different look at the project before it's finished. Yeah, I mean, you can send transcripts to, you know, other stakeholders, whether it's a producer or a client or another editor, um, and they can kind of review that, kind of do a, you know, digital paper edit, so to speak, where they can delete stuff, they can add comments, and then send all of that back to you, and you can use that as either to generate, you know, an automatic kind of assembly or rough cut, um, or just... You know, go through the comments, look for the deleted text or struck through text, um, and then you know use that information to 
build your edit. And it makes it so much easier maybe to find something that you knew a comment was made during a video shoot uh, about something and you definitely don't want it in. But instead of having to watch all that video to try to figure out where it was said, you can just jump right to that spot and say, okay, now we got to figure out how to cut it out. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things is, you know, it's a lot easier to search text than it is to, like, scrub through a video looking for something. Um, so that's really one of the big benefits is just being able to go, like, you know, I know somebody said some this thing at some point, but I don't know where it is. And, you know, if you've ever scrubbed through video, that's not the most <laughs> effective way of finding something. So. Yeah. yeah, you can only play back video so fast yes. before it becomes unintelligible. I, I, <laughs> I pride myself on being able to listen to things at about two, two to two and a half speed, but be much beyond that, there's a pretty good chance you're going to miss what you're looking for. Yeah. So, um, Jim, I mean, I think we we talk about this every time you come on. The state of the transcription technology just seems to be getting better and better, and I'm not sure if it's because of the. The kind of the amazing advances in machine learning, or you know what it is, or maybe we're just starting to recognize how to use it better. What what's your take on that? Uh, you know, it's getting better. I mean, you know, machine learning is all about large data sets, right? So the more training that you can give it, the better the results are generally going to be. And um, you know, text has, you know, speech to text has been is one of the oldest um ai uses or machine learning uses um so you know people have been trying to crack that for like a long time and there's a lot of data sets and now that it's getting more you know especially uh you know as uh you know you're seeing the, all these like alexa type devices where it's really critical that speech is turned into text um, I think that's part of the reason that you're seeing a lot of some of the advances because there's just a there's just a lot more training material out there for the machine learning side of it, and you know the more data they have, the the better the results are going to be. <laughs> it's so tempting to get into a discussion of uh, Apple's voice assistant versus Amazon's versus Google. We're not going to go there yeah. um, because I I do think though that that what transcriptive uh, well, transcriptive rough cut and transcriptive in general has been is a little bit higher level than that because of what you're trying to accomplish. That that's my perception. Um, yeah. That, you know, there there's kind of a limited number of things that the A lady or the S lady will support. But when you're transcribing video, it could be anything from you know a surgeon talking about his his most recent surgery to you know a a, a, a gold digger digging for gold. You know. The subjects could be all over the place. Yeah, the the interesting thing is Amazon's speech to text um, really isn't that good, uh, and I think the reason for that is that I mean it's not that good when it comes to transcribing just what you just talked about. Um, but I think, and that's you know what we test. We test you know just you know random video samples of varying quality. Uh, but, you know, I think they've really trained it for the voice command aspect of it. And that's very different than just trying to apply speech to the text to, you know, a random video where someone could be talking about anything. Um, you know, there's a much more limited range of things that people are going to be asking, you know, Alexa or Siri or whatever. 
um, and they don't need to understand, you know, a paragraph of text. Usually, all they need to do is either, you know, parse a couple words or most a sentence. Um, and so, you know, Amazon's for our purposes, uh, their speech to text really isn't that great. But I imagine that if you tested it against voice command type stuff, uh, it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, and the other thing too. I, I'm afraid that most of us, and I would have counted myself among it until you and I started talking, was that I would have equated transcription with speech-to-text. And it's not. It's, it's, it's related, but it's a whole different kind of thing. Because one of, the, one of the voice assistants could say, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Or, you know, I don't know how to do that. But when it comes to a transcript, you don't want to see that in the middle of your transcript. Yeah. It was funny that you know, like our our original tagline, um, you know, for transcriptive was, you know, transforming the art of transcription, and you know we got a little bit of pushback on some people that were just like, well, transcribing is not an art. And it's like, it actually is. I mean, there there are still people that, you know, I mean, especially on big feature films and paid TV shows, or you know. You know, network shows and stuff where they, uh, you know, they still use human transcriptionists. And like, you know, a lot of people I talk to, it's like if they find a good transcriptionist, that's like an amazing thing. Because it's like when you're doing video production, it's not necessarily just the speech to text part, but it's who's speaking. It's like some of the context of what they're saying. Um, and, and I mean, the AI still doesn't really do a lot of that stuff very well. And so, you know, a lot of the people that still use human transcriptionists, it's, you know, there's a, you know, if you find someone that really understands video production and can really create a transcript that reflects what's happening in the scene and the shoot and all the other stuff, uh, you know, that's, you know, that, that's an art. Well, two things. One thing you said, and then one thing came to mind. What you said um, was the you know the human transcriptionist being able to separate voices, your voice from my voice, from you know three, four, five other people in the scene or in the shoot, and the services have all gotten a lot better at some of that. But there still are issues. And should the mic change or should there be some extraneous noise? Now I've got, you know, a seventh or eighth person that the transcription software couldn't identify. So it just assigns that to a whole new person. And that can become a little disorienting if you're trying to work with that transcript. But but I'd also think that, that um, accents uh, probably play a, a big part in this. Um, you know, I mean, the... the as far as identifying different speakers, it's really one of the things that AI kind of sucks at. Um, just to be blunt about it, you know, it's just not, it's gotten a little bit better in the three or four years that we've been doing this, but it's still really inaccurate in terms of being able to, I mean, if you've got somebody who's a male and a female, maybe it'll figure it out. If you've got three or four like males, it's not going to figure it out. It's just, it's it's really interesting to see how much the AI struggles with that. Um, you know, the area that it's, and I, I don't think accents really make as much of a difference as you might think in terms of transcribing the the words. You know, one, one the areas where, <coughs> 
excuse me. <coughs> the area where the AI has gotten much better is handling um, background noise and accents and stuff like that. Uh, but in terms of identifying speakers, it still, you know, really has a tough time with it. Hmm. So my apologies to <clears throat> my friends in the Northeast, but park the car in the yard is a lot different to my ear than pack the car in the yard. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that makes me wonder if, if we ran transcriptive on that, what it would do to, to what I just said. Uh, yeah, well, that's not really an accent, right? I mean, that's that, I mean, I guess it is, but you know, you're really, you're almost speaking different words, you know, it's, 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 there's somebody speaking proper English with an accent. And then there's someone that's speaking with a heavily, um, you know, just, I, I, I don't actually have the, you know, know the right words to explain it, but you know, a dialect basically, you know, that it's a, you know, that's a, that's almost a different dialect because pack, you know, that, that it, it's just coming out differently. Right. So it's not, the AI is probably going to have a tough time with that basically. Yeah. But these are the things I think that make it interesting. And, you know, this is not to say that, something like transcriptive or some of the other services out there, depending on what your project is, aren't usually a huge improvement over everything and aren't usually useful. Um, because each time, each iteration, I think it does get a little bit better. Yeah. You know, it, we, we can all go back if, if you've been around this world for any length of time, you know, not three, four years ago. I mean, things have gotten so much better for processing and upscaling and compressing, and that's just on the video side. And now we're starting to talk about more of the content side of, of these projects. Yeah, uh, and, you know, that's really what Transcript is kind of designed to help with is, you know, taking, you know, taking all the speech, turning it into text and, you know, allowing you to find the content that you're looking for faster. And do more interesting things with it. <laughs> so if transcript, transcriptive rough cutter is version three, is, is that an upgrade or is this a, a side grade or is 2.0 still there? How is that working for you? Uh, it's technically an upgrade. It's a free upgrade if you own 2.0. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically an upgrade. So we, you know, 2.0 no longer exists. It's been replaced by transcriptive rough cutter. And uh, that's, you know, the new version of transcriptive going pro forward. Um, and so is this from a pricing standpoint, obviously you're buying the software, but are you still buying, you know, like so many hours of transcription or is, is that the way it works on the, uh, from the service side? Yeah. So if you're using uh, transcriptive to uh, transcribe, then you still need to pay per minute. Uh, the price is, you know, if you buy in bulk, it's four cents a minute, which is, you know, two forty an hour. So it's, you know, at that level, it's one of the more inexpensive uh, services. Um, you can also use transcripts from uh, other services. So if you want to use Adobe's transcripts that they have now included in Premiere, uh, you can do that. You know, you can just save it out, export it out of uh, Premiere and import it into Transcriptive and, you know, we can make use of that. 
Um, I think you will find that the transcriptive AI is more accurate than what they have. Um, you know, it's pretty solid. I mean, it's a good, good AI. It's nothing wrong with it, but um, in terms of accuracy, I think uh, in most cases we're uh, a little bit more accurate, especially on stuff that has a lot of background noise. So, you know, I mean, if something's really perfectly recorded, you're in a studio, you have somebody that enunciates the words great, all the AIs do a great job at that. Uh, where it starts breaking down and where you start to see more errors is when you, you know, have more accents, when you have more background noise, uh, when it's just, you know, man on the street type of interview on a New York street corner versus, you know, in a production studio. So, um, but you know, all this stuff, you know, the, what we do is we take short clips, you know, one or two minutes. And when we're evaluating different AIs, you know, uh, we take these clips of varying qualities from production studio to just tons of background noise where, you know, half of the, you know, dialogue is unintelligible to us and just see how, you know, see how the different AIs do and see where they fall off a cliff. Because once you get below about 90% accuracy, um, it's almost faster just to do it, do it by hand. Um, and, uh, and all the AIs at some point will kind of fall off that cliff, but, uh, you know, the better ones will hold it together longer. 90%, I think that's going to surprise some people. And yet, it shouldn't because if, I mean, if I make two typos in a blog post, I'm probably going to hear about it from somebody. It's like, you know, <laughs> don't you know how to type? And so, and that that's a ridiculously low percentage. And oh. here, you know, it wouldn't even necessarily be typos. It might be mis, misidentified words. Yep. So, yeah, you really need that accuracy, that that, I would think that's probably the, the very top priority is even if even if it's not as fast as you would like to get the accuracy is what you want. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the accuracy, I mean, yeah, especially with video production, especially if you're using them for captions, then the accuracy is, you know, totally paramount. And, um, you know, I mean, that's really what the Adobe system is designed to do is you know, create captions. Um and so, you know, the fact that they're not quite as accurate as some of the other ones out there is interesting. But, you know, if you're just using it to find stuff, you know, the accuracy doesn't matter quite as much. If you're just transcribing, you know, 50 hours of video and you just want to be able to search that, um, you know, that can be a little bit less of a priority. But below a certain threshold, that becomes difficult as well because now you know, a good 15, 20% of the words are not right. And that's going to affect your ability to search that. So you still really want it to be kind of above that 90% threshold. Um, and, you know, how you define that kind of varies. It's like, do you, do you include punctuation in that? Um, you know, we, we, when we're testing, mostly we focus on the words and then punctuation does kind of come into play. We usually break it out like what's the word accuracy and what's the word plus uh, punctuation accuracy and um, kind of gives us a little bit more information about how how well each AI does. But um, but ultimately, the, the important thing is word accuracy. Yeah. If, if folks, if you haven't turned on your closed captioning on your TV, whether you need it or not, sometimes it's it, that's a good thing to do to sort of get a state of the art and also to see some of the 
almost comical mistakes at times. And and I'm not going to call out anybody because I don't know what's human and what's machine. But some of it, you just you know, you look and say, "What? what you know, where did that come from?" Um, and and then you you just kind of sound it out phonetically, and it's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I can see either." So that's either a typo by a human, or it's a miscommunication by an AI somewhere. So yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you if you want to get an idea of how hard transcription is, you know, sit in front of your TV and type out everything you hear, and then see see you know what you what typos you make you know it's it's actually you know if you're trying to do it in real time as you know you you know for closed captions uh which you would have to be doing if you're a human um or an ai or or whatever but um you know but if you're a human doing the transcription you got to do it in real mostly real time and uh you know sometimes you mishear words and stuff like that so yeah, and none of us type perfectly. So, if you nope. if, if you mistype <laughs> that and you go back to try to correct it, you've lost you know thirty seconds of of what was there. So you just yeah. keep right on plowing through. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that, maybe I'll do that yeah. tonight just to amuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you're trying to transcribe like a you know like a sports event or something with you know a whole bunch of different names and stuff. Um, you know that that is one of the cool things about um, you know some of the AIs and transcriptive uh, as well is that you can uh, import a glossary. So you know we had, we did a cool blog post about this. We just I just grabbed uh, the uh, Major League Baseball draft top twenty draft picks for some year and seeded it with the players' names and that got a much better result when transcribing than uh just laying it to it you know without the glossary so you can definitely if you if you know beforehand that you've got a whole bunch of you know like proper names or other you know weird words whether it's you know, biotech medical or or whatever um, and you know those words are in your video you can uh, help the ai out by just saying hey these are words that are important and you're probably going to run into it, and if the AI doesn't know it, it'll probably just, you know, fail on it. But you know, if you seed it with those names or, or words, then it's going to do a much better job. Okay, forgive me for going just a little geeky here, but I'm really intrigued by this. So, let's say I was transcribing the Olympics, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I got the uh, the names of all the Italian bicycling team. Mm-hmm. When I see that into the AI, I mean, is that something that goes in there and stays on a permanent basis to add to the corpus of information, or am I seeding that just maybe for a particular project? No, you're doing it just for a particular project. Um, <clears throat> you know, because what's happening is uh, it's the AI is going to identify you know certain word sounds as words it knows, uh, but you know if it, if you tell it hey here's a word that we're we're looking for or that's going to come up uh it's going to take that and go like oh these word sounds are probably this and not what i think not what i'm guessing it is um you know especially if the words that it picks doesn't make sense in the context of the sentence or whatever that it's in it's going to start looking around for other options. And if it has a glossary, it's going to go like, oh, hey, these word sounds match up to that text. I'm going to use this text as opposed to whatever I'm guessing. 
but it, but it's really it's really project based at least the way we're doing it um it's really project based and it's not going to retain those uh the, you know those that glossary for you know other transcriptions so well i told yeah well I, so I tell people to just create a text document that, you know, if you're reusing this stuff a lot, just create a text document that has, you know, the the words in there for that you want to keep around and then just copy and paste it into the glossary, you know, whenever you transcribe. Yeah, again, it that makes a lot of sense. It's just, you you started out earlier in the conversation by saying, you know, we're getting more and more information in for these things to analyze. Mm -hmm. And at some point... A and and the are going to be pretty well recognized no matter how they sound. Yeah. And you know, at what point do you start growing out the edges of it to the the benefit or the detriment of the model? So interesting. Interesting. Um, Jim, I always have to ask, you know, I know this is uh, a premier, Adobe Premiere based. Um, mm -hmm. anything coming for Final Cut possibly, or is that just not in the cards right now? Probably not right now. Um yeah, it's for for the time being. We're probably just going to see how it does for Premiere, and um, you know, we're thinking about. It. I mean, it's it's never off the table. Uh, I mean, all of our other products support, you know, Premiere and FCP and Resolve, um, but it's it's such a big system <laughs> that uh, it's it's going to be a lot of work to get it into FCP, and uh, you know. You know, one of our concerns is that, you know, especially with Adobe, you know, putting in their own transcription thing is, you know, I mean, what they have in there is basically transcriptive 1.0. It's basically what we did. You know, it's just, it can only be used on sequences. Um, you know, it's really designed for, for captions and whatnot. Um, it, you know, so one of our concerns is, you know, if we port this over to FCP or Resolve, do they do the same thing and add in their own system at, at some point? Um, <clears throat> so we're kind of taking a wait and see approach right now to to see if we get any feedback from Apple as to what their plans are. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see that at NAB. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you all planning on going or and or exhibiting at NAB? Uh, I'll be there. Uh, we might... Uh, we are not exhibiting, uh, but we might have a table or something at some of the networking events. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that all plays out, and you know, how many people are are going to go, and what kind of events are going to be happening. Um, you know, obviously, it's two months out, so uh, yeah, two months out. So uh, you know, a lot can change between then and now. <laughs> But uh, but I'll be there, so you know we'll be definitely doing something, but uh, definitely not exhibiting. And um, and uh, you know we're talking to various uh, folks uh, that are doing different events, and we'll see uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what comes up. Well, it'll be at least you and me in the Las Vegas Convention Center looking around, <laughs> saying, "Where is everybody?" Uh, <laughs> Um, run through the pricing for. I know we talked about the 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 per hour, but uh, the the pricing for transcriptive rough cutter and the upgrades and all of that. Uh, so it's one ninety nine for a new license, and it's eighty nine bucks if you're upgrading from one point oh. 
Um, and then if you want to use the website version, uh, if you want to use that as a standalone, that's $19 a month. Um, but if you have a Premiere license, then you can use the website version for $8 a month. And the website version is really just, it, the way we're doing it, it it's really meant to complement the Premiere uh, version of Transcriptive. Um, and, you know, it just allows you to, you know, edit stuff in the, on a, in a web browser, you can send that to, again, you know, different stakeholders. They can use a web browser. They don't have to have Premiere. Uh, they can make edits. They can add the comments, uh, and then they can send all that back to you uh, in Premiere. So that's kind of what the website version is all about. You can transcribe on the website. Uh, you can use it as a standalone um, for transcription and editing, but... Uh, it's it's much more interesting when you're using it with uh, uh, you know transcript or rough cutter in Premiere. Um, so yeah, so that's either eight bucks a month or nineteen dollars a month, and that's it. Okay. And you got the the transcription costs. Good. Well, Jim, thanks. It's always it's always a pleasure. I always enjoy it, and I always feel like I learned something um, because I you know this is all a new area, and for as we said earlier, you know it sort of depends on exactly what part of the process you're interested in, whether you're interested yeah. in just the transcriptions or the editing or providing to stakeholders or whatever. So thanks. As you come back anytime, tell definitely <laughs> definitely want to hear what's next. Yeah, the AI stuff is interesting. I mean it's just it's a big kind of complex process and you know like a lot of it it's really how you fit it into the context of what you're doing. Um you know because the AI by itself is useful but yeah, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's like you still get better results with a human, um, usually. So it's just how do you fit it into your workflow and make it a useful, useful tool? Yeah, depends on the human, Jim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Saz do so many other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think you want me as your transcriptionist. Uh, <laughs> last thing, the website is uh, digitalanarchy.com. Okay, and of course, Transcriptive Rough Cutter is not your only product. So, folks, go there and check out everything that Jim's company makes to help you improve your uh, your projects. No matter what program you use or what you're doing in it, they've got something that will help you. Yeah. And we just released versions of all the visual effects plugins for M1 and um, all the stuff, Big Sur and supporting After Effects multi-frame rendering Lots of changes. So, yeah, we just upgraded all that stuff, and that should be up on the website now or very soon. Oh, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, that's – I'm slowly seeing a lot of the uh, the effects plugins, you know, become M1 compatible. And that's what yep. a lot of folks have been waiting for, whether it actually gives a huge performance improvement or just a stability improvement. So – yeah, that's that's what some people are using right now. So, uh, and you know, Premiere just released their M1 version, um, and so that kind of like, oh, <laughs> we need to get these out. <laughs> <laughs> like we the speed the, the the Adobe transcription stuff we knew was coming. I I didn't I, I didn't think they were going to release the M1 version so quickly. So we were like, oh, we need to get these out. Yeah. Well, go get yeah. some sleep now. You got it done. <laughs> Yeah, sleep is good. Yep. Well, I hope to see you in a couple months in Vegas. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.
Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices, digitalanarchy.com. No kidding. Go and check out everything that, uh, that they make. It will help you do better video projects. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.